DBM delivers experiences that go beyond the ordinary and suspend reality. From powerful loudspeakers to state-of-the-art projection systems, and from high-quality processors to exceptional acoustic treatment solutions and screens, DBM partners with pioneering brands, including Barco Residential, Complete Acoustic Treatment Systems, Display Technologies, Trinov, Waterfall Audio and Meridian Audio. We give you the very best high-performance products for your home cinema projects. Like you, we're committed to achieving excellence. Visit distributedbym.com to find out more. Hello everybody and welcome to The Integrated Home, the podcast that's produced by the Home Integration Community for the Home Integration Community. My name is Jeff Hayward and in this show we're going to talk human-centric lighting. What is it? How relevant is it in the home technology space? And how far is it a realistic business opportunity for integrators? Welcome to The Integrated Home. AWE are proud distributors of Sony televisions and home cinema projectors, bringing you the best content from lens to living room. For more information, visit awe-europe.com. Today, we're joined by two lighting experts from the industry, Hugo Fitzjohn and Mark Illingworth. Welcome to the show. Can you please say a few words about you and your business? My name is Mark Illingworth. Uh, my company is called Robinson's Integrate Solutions uh, here in Harrogate. Um, we recreate smart buildings, uh, both in the commercial sector and, and residential. Um, so uh, since the t- today's sort of podcast is about residential, uh, so what is smart buildings residential? Well, it's the way we, the way we live today has changed dramatically over the last sort of 15, 20 years. You know, the way we communicate with each other, the way we watch and listen to our programs, you know, where we entertain in our homes is, is changed. Uh, homes need to be energy efficient. So we look at ways of making technology help with that. Um, but also as well, we're in the we're in the we're in the uh, the area of uh, enriching family life through the use of technology. That's that's our mission and and and, uh, and goals. Um, so what do we mean by that? It's 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 a lot of it is to do with lighting. The subject today, you know, um, there's a huge opportunity now with the way we light up our homes. Um, we, we, we're woefully short um, at the moment. So lighting should be really part of the interior design of the home. And that can actually really make that, you know, that wow factor when you walk through that front door. And that's what we do. We try and make beautiful homes. Hi, I'm Hugo. So I've been in the industry probably for about 20 years now, um, off and on. I started off with doing live lighting and sound, progressed through to doing commercial uh, lighting and installations, and eventually ended up working for a high-end audio manufacturer and then moved on to a lighting manufacturer. So I've been around the industry for quite a while. I've I've had a grassroots experience of being hands on the tools as well and had quite a few years actually out on the tools. So the the physical experience of actually being out there installing stuff and meeting clients and understanding their needs. And so after 20 years, I kind of got to a point where actually 
making myself available as a consultant to other people to share my expertise and knowledge and understanding of the industry was a point that I got to. So this is why I've um, now become a consultant in the AV and lighting industry. Human-centric lighting. What's that all about, Hugo? Because it sounds incredibly sort of ethereal to me. Well, this is this seems to be one of those industry buzzwords that I've been hearing kind of for maybe at least the last five years, and we're still not there yet. It's exciting. Um, there's lots of opportunities. But for me, when, you know, everybody seems to be using human-centric lighting as a shorthand for talking about circadian lighting. And what do we mean by circadian lighting is following the light pattern through the day. So warm and dimmer in the morning. And as we get more to noon, we're going for cooler and a lot brighter and then back that in the evening. So what we're basically doing is biomimicry. We're, we're pretending that we've got the outside light inside. Now, for me, human-centric lighting extends beyond that. Um, you know, there's lots of studies been done about how we can change people's moods, um, how we can make you feel in a space from the lighting. And it's not just about that, that color and intensity that I think, you know, everybody's immediately talking about. Though, of course, that is a huge component of what we can do with, with human-centric lighting. That's really interesting. It's almost like the, uh, the convenience versus quality debate we've had in audio for so many years, Mark. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's what it's all about, isn't it? And and also in the care industry as well, it's it's it's, it's pretty huge, particularly the dementia care. Uh, we've done a couple of projects, been involved with that, and it is all about you know making that difference in the way you you know the, the you know, people feel when they're in that working environment. And, and there's a lot, there's lots of uh, new standards coming into place now in the commercial sector uh, that that's driving this whole concept of you know looking after people within the workplace or living in the workplace. You know. And one of those that you talked about uh, to me before this conversation was the well standard. Do you want to just say a little bit about that? Yeah, the well standard is is pretty much like the the, the Briam standard that's that's in place now. The the sustainability of a building, but the well standard is is all about the the uh, the life and well being of the people living and working within that building. Um, it's not just light, it's also air quality, um, with the way we heat the, the, the building, uh, nourishment, all those sort of things. So that's starting to uh, take place and coming in, coming into tender specs now of buildings. And do you think that because we've been working so much from home over the last couple of years, that now it's easier to translate that kind of standard to residential lighting? Yeah, yeah, I think naturally, I think we will we will be able to. I mean, it's like it's like making sure get making sure the internet provision is 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 right within within the homes as well, which is obviously we, we focus on a lot on new builds, making sure that you know we don't leave the the uh, the high speeds at the front door. We make sure we get them into the building to work to the workspaces to the TVs, it's the, you know where we need the broadband speed. Likewise, with working at home, it would tend to be. Maybe more parochial within the room because you don't work all over the house, do you? You'll have, you'll have an office space. So, so lighting design, yeah, comes into the lighting design of the project, you know. So, where, 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 where is the person going to work? So, we make sure maybe the lighting is, is appropriate for that particular space. You don't necessarily need that in the kitchen or the lounge because you're not going to work there. That's more, that's more of your sort of your other elements of the, the color tuning, lighting, and, and that, sort of, that sort of thing. What would you say about that, Hugo? Well, I think, yeah, it's it's amazing how much has changed in the last two years of people realising that things are absolutely necessary. 
I mean, it started off with webcams. You couldn't get those for love nor money. And then people realized that actually having good internet was a thing. And now that we've been stuck in our houses for, for a while now, um, people have definitely for sure started to realize that actually they need to think about the quality of the space that they're working in. I mean, obviously there's a lot of people that are still stuck, you know, have been working in bedrooms, et cetera. But for people that can afford to have proper office spaces, then, you know, it makes sense to have decent quality lighting. And I think one of the other things as well, um, a conversation that I've been having more recently with more people is about the actual quality of light as well. So the, the color rendering index getting closer and closer to actual daylight that we're seeing outside. And that's, that's another, another issue that, you know, people are realizing that, you know, it, it's nice to have better quality light, especially when you're in a space that you're working in. This whole notion of wellness, um, Gwyneth Paltrow is notorious for promoting it in the US and it's a big industry out there. Do you think what we're seeing as well is, a, is that kind of US fashion coming over to here, Mark? Yeah, I think it is. I think, there's a, I think there, there is a, there's a, a, a sea change of people's thoughts, isn't it? I mean, it's not just about protect, protecting the planet now, isn't it? It's also, you know, people have been more... Uh, observant with human health. I mean, how, how often do you hear talking about mental health now? Crack, it's on, it's in the media like every day, you know. So, so what does that all mean? It may, maybe, you know, maybe that maybe it's something to do with the light, you know, flicker free lighting. People think things that you don't necessarily be aware of. So, so I'm, I'm sure that's, you know, that's the way it's definitely going to go, you know, more, not, not just because it's going to Peltro, it's because it's, it's, it's the right thing to do in a way, isn't it? It's all about, you know, looking after ourselves. Okay, so uh, Hugo was a little bit cynical about human-centric lighting in the home. What's what's your take on that? Do you think do you think we should still be a little bit cynical, or do you think that it is relevant to residential technology installations today rather than something in the future? Well, I think it is relevant. I mean, it, I think a lot of, we're restricted at the moment with the products that are out there on the marketplace. Uh, that's going to govern it. Uh, obviously there's a cost element to it as well but I think it'll be a I mean let's just start off with getting the right lighting first within the home at the moment we still got you know rigid switches you know fixed circuits you know where we can't control moods so you know we're we're personally on a on a, on a mission um, to actually start getting more controlled lighting into 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 homes and it's not like doesn't necessarily have to be James Bond homes anymore. Now you can actually get decent sort of quality controlled lighting. So let's start off getting the moods right first, you know, and then and then the 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 sort of the the um, circadian bit can just naturally develop it develop it, you know, on that journey. So is the limitation the technology at the moment, Hugo? I, I think so. Um, and also the, the the infrastructure that's already existing in so many homes. And the fact that, you know, we, we basically had something that has worked for nine, a hundred years, sticking the light switch in a corner and a pendant in the middle of the room. We've got to change a lot of people's attitudes to thinking that lighting is more than that. Because, you know, if, if you go to a kind of like ground roots kind of electrician and say, hey, put some lighting in this room for me, they'll just run one circuit and a, and a light bulb in the middle. But we're now getting to a point, as Mark says, where you know, we can have, and not James Bond style, but actual decent lighting control is becoming much more affordable. And we just need to think how we're going to put the circuits into the space and how we're actually going to control it to make it human centric, you know, putting, putting the human in the middle of, uh, of how that lighting works. And I think, I think it's really easy to overlook the control side of things. We need to make that easy for people because as it stands, the light switch is an almost perfect 
control interface, you walk into the room, language of buildings is you always know where that is, click it on and the light comes on. So we've got we've got 100 years of, of tradition really to kind of break down um, to move the human centric lighting side of things forward, I think. When you're talking with clients, Mark, about putting in lighting control, even, even a sort of relatively um, basic lighting control solution into a client's home, do you think they're prepared for the amount of, of disruption or change that that involves to, to move their, their home forward from something that's using an infrastructure from 100 years ago? Everything is education, isn't it? And uh, we, we, are, we, we spin it around on its head and... We, we tend to talk, not talk physical things like technology and light switches. It's all about creating the right atmosphere within the home, you know, the right mood. Because um, that's what, yeah, that's what, that's why I say, you know, lighting should become a, a major part of the interior design of the home. You know, I get, we get, we work with a lot of architects, uh, growing architects now work with us. And we look at a set of plans because uh, architects don't really go any further than creating this beautiful building. And then, our job is, well, how can we make that beautiful building work, live and breathe? And lighting is a fundamental part of that. So we say to the customer, okay, we give them the crystal, try and get the crystal ball, right? How do you want this home to look and feel when you walk in here? You know, the, the, the natural designs now are more open plan than, than they did in the old days. So now you're looking at, you know, quite a lot of lighting circuits, you know, down lights, pendants, uh, even those lamps is one, you still have a button on the wall, you still have that light switch, but instead of pressing that one button to just one light, it now actually creates a whole scene of, you know, lighting up the whole room how they want it. So that's how we talk to clients and, and, and work through that process. So it's making that connection between the experience, which is what they want, and the actual practicalities of the infrastructure to deliver that for them. They don't care too hoops what controls it, you know, whether all these major brands, yeah, and also to the point of that light switch on the wall, you know, a lot of it is, is down to looks. They don't care what make it is. Ooh, oh, God, I don't like that light switch. It's horrible. Oh, I like that nice glass one. I love that. <laughs> That's, that is definitely a problem, though, if you're trying to put a control system in that you know and love and work with, and the client just turns around and looks at it and goes, I'm not having that in my house. Yeah, well, that's why we, you know, we've got onto a certain platform, you know, the KNX platform. We do most of them because you've got like 250 companies making products for that particular platform. Your world is your oyster when it comes to that thing that goes on the wall. And that's a really, really nice switch as you can get now that really, you know, really nice. Which I've got some behind me, but as you can say. I think that is one of the big challenges with lighting. I mean, the, the aesthetics and and what the client and the architect and the lighting designer might be interested in, but actually the the, the nitty gritty to, to make that happen is our job, isn't it, Hugo? Oh, absolutely. Pulling all the bits together is, is the tricky bit. And the interesting thing about being an integrator is you have to be an expert in pretty much everything you deal with. You can't, you can't skimp on any bit of knowledge. Um, so bringing all of those things and making them work together seamlessly is is a skill and you know it takes a lot of lot of learning a lot of product um knowledge as well and i think you know like what mark was saying about going down the knx route i mean that that for me makes a huge amount of sense 
giving you that huge flexibility and having a, a control bus in your house that will go through multiple, multiple things. And I'm, I remember coming across it probably about a decade ago when it was more in commercial buildings and got excited about it then. Worked on one big project in Bristol that had uh, implemented it. And whilst it was really cool, it didn't really pass the cleaner test in so much as somebody could, that you didn't know could walk into the room and know how to turn the lights on because whilst the technology was brilliant and astounding and did great stuff, the actual human interaction part of it, the programming and the thinking about how somebody was going to use it, that had gone wrong on that one. But it's, you know, it's done right. It's brilliant. And, and if we're bringing the conversation back to human-centric lighting, Mark, what are the issues that we have with the technology that's available today, the Luminaire technology to deliver that in the home? Yeah, it's, it's still in its development. I think a lot of the, you know, the, the you know, there's no decorative lights with that sort of technology, with that technology built in. So we are governed governed by, by the manufacturers right now. Um, you know, that's why on the commercial front, you, you see it more, you know, quite, quite common in, in the commercial area because the luminaires are just fairly standard, you know, you know, ceiling tile uh, units. You, you can't have that in the home, you know. Um, I don't think I've seen a down, even the downlight with the colour tuning in it yet. So, um, uh, yes, yeah, so, so that's 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 holding it, holding it back. Um, and, and so, if it's so aspirational, are you seeing a trend with luminaire manufacturers bringing out more aesthetically pleasing solutions that you could work with? Yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's there's more. You know, downlights now are not just just you know the, the simple you know beveled light now you can actually get them plastered in you can have nice cove bevels in there but in, in, but also as well in very importantly what hugo mentioned earlier is the quality of light you know um people tend to go for the cheap for obvious reasons um but the color rendering if you compare that with a quality light it's it's enormous you know the reproduction of color you know, like, you know, the, the colours of, of, you know, the plants that are around us, even people's faces are changed dramatically by an inferior GU10 bulb, you know. So it's our job as well to actually educate, you know, you know, the quality of light, you know, the, the colour rendering. Uh, Do you think that's because we haven't traditionally spent so much time at home that we've cared about the quality of the colour rendering in our lighting? Well, well, that is true. Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, but actually, more important because you know, light is is all around us all the time, isn't it? Every day, You're not necessarily listening to music at you know high quality level. You know, but so it's even more important, isn't it, that we actually get our lighting right? You know, and as I say, you know, being part of interior designing, you know, we we've we started to do you know I do CPD trading for 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 architects on behalf of CD, and um, I've started doing a lot of these lighting trade light training ones now and. Uh, so we're trying to educate, you know, from that, from right from the ground upwards, when they, you know, when the, you know, the first part of contact with the client is 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 the architect and start getting get the client thinking about lighting, uh, because you can actually there's the light layering within the room to give room depth. There's there's all sorts, not just you know you know health reasons. It's actually you know aesthetic way you can actually play with color in different areas. It makes it really interesting, you know, more than anything, if there's an integrated, like, wow, it's, it's really something to get your teeth into. You know? And I think there's so many people as well, that unless, it's one of those experiential things as well, isn't it? It's like, unless you've actually seen the effect that it makes, 
if you mark turn around and told me that i've got to spend twice as much to have a really high quality fitting that's high color rendering index and i'm looking at the whole house on on a spreadsheet i might be just like what's the point in that why would it make a difference to my life but once you've actually experienced it and seen what the difference that it makes um i mean this is why they they put really high quality lighting in places like um restaurants and you know, so that you can see the food that you're coming is coming out. You can actually see the the real true colours of it. That's really interesting. It's almost like the uh, the convenience versus quality debate we've had in audio for so many years, Mark. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That's why that's why I'm doing it. You know, I'm on a personal mission to actually to preach the gospel. You know, uh, how many how many you know times I've been to a you know fairly you know multi million pound house and the lights are just like just substandard like why (laughs) (laughs) well i i think it's we've not been able to do it easily i mean incandescent bulbs have have done a good job of it and then as soon as we shifted to led we everyone got very excited about the energy efficiency of the led bulbs but and the same as well with some fluorescents as well i've got pretty horrendous color rendering index capabilities and so what we did was we traded off quality for energy saving and now we're realizing now, I think that we're spending more time in these spaces that we've now crammed with all of these energy saving bulbs, that it's a bit miserable and that we can actually have, have better and the standard of better as well. You know, if you look at, um, you know, your, your standard kind of LED fittings, they're saying 80 CRI is high CRI, but actually I'd argue that anything over 95 should really be included as being actually high CRI. It's not, about, it's not about quality quantity as well it's it's you know i use the term less is more all the time you know and uh it is about strategically placing the lights and, and it's also not just within the home it's, it's out of the home as well you know lighting up the the, the exterior part of our properties you know the, the, the garden area there's a there's a there's a, an awful lot we can do there with the lighting and uh, again you know you know strategically placed sort of lights also, I would suggest that our industry has been pretty good at actually storytelling around audio and video, the, the technical story that goes behind it, I think we're pretty good at, but perhaps lighting being one of those areas that, that this industry is moving into more and more, we just need to improve that storytelling function to, to educate and sell it to architects, designers and clients. Would you agree with that, Mark? Sure, absolutely, yeah. It's all about emotion, isn't it? You know, we all we want to, it's, it's, you know, as, as we all know, 80% of decisions are made by emotion and not and not sort of by facts. And that's what, you know, that's what we try and do. And and, um, and, and rightly so, because that's what that's what people feel, isn't it? So they want to walk into that house and think, wow, fantastic, I'm home. And have that real good feeling. And that's what we all want to try and achieve. I mean, for, for me, that almost goes back to back to my days of doing theater lighting and doing lighting for events and stuff, you know, creating that sense of theater and excitement in a space. And if we can teach architects more about how that we can do that and help them do it, they're going to be asking us to be involved in more and more of their projects because they're going to, you know, take those. And I've worked with some architects that are like this, take those sculptures that people live in and make them even more three-dimensional and more exciting and a human centric lighting becomes part of that um, part of that conversation that that raises the quality of lighting it's a it it it's a way of explaining uh, that lighting is not a commodity for your house but, 
But it's it's amazing though, isn't it? In those kind of those kind of houses, how you can suddenly make it feel so much more by improving the quality of the light that's in it. So if there's a if there's a conversation point, Hugo, that is clients engaging with you about wellness and human centric and circadian rhythm and all of that at the end of the day if you're able to deliver a, a, a lighting project that's better quality lighting to what they would have had that's a win still isn't it yeah absolutely because that is human centric lighting to me anyway you know if you put put the people at the center of it and you've made them feel good because the space you have lit beautifully at the lowest level that is human centric lighting you're thinking about pe how people are going to use that space if you want to build on top of that by adding really cool stuff with circadian stuff where we're doing biomimicry and making it feel like we're outside inside well for me that's kind of like the icing on top of the cake getting the basics right of making the the space feel nice comfortable homely um bright and airy if you need it to be like that um that's that's at the center of what you should be doing in the first place anyway the the other stuff is yeah as i say icing so let's not get obsessive yet quite yet about circadian rhythm let's just talk about about better lighting for humans mark so if we're if we focus more on that circadian rhythm stuff how far how far down the line do you think it will be before we really have practical solutions that are aesthetically easy for our clients to choose mark Oh, I think we've got we've got quite a, quite a, a journey on that one. I think um, years. Um, I mean, there's other elements may come, creep into it. Um, you know, I was talking sort of before before we came live. You know about low voltage lighting. Um, I think that's got to come come into play and probably take over maybe the circadian bit a little bit um, because that just makes sense. Low voltage DC lighting. You know, it's efficient. Uh, technically, you know, you don't actually need to be an electrician to put that in. It's all data, you know, um, cost effective, you know, um, that that's that's got a lot to play in our future of the way the way we, we wire uh, cable and light our homes. Um, it can be done quickly as well. You know, you can actually get low voltage lighting on in a property, you know, a lot sooner than you can, you know, with, with 230 volts. Sort of, uh, OK, OK. Here you go. What, what's your view on on? Um, that kind of approach. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes so much sense. I have had the misery myself over the years of trying to find places to shove small drivers when you're doing cinema rooms and things like that. Um, you know, the, being able to run a cable actually direct to Luminary and run it off it makes a lot of sense and being able to have stuff where you can, you know, where you can find it in a central location. Because there's nothing worse than going out to site and having to go wandering around and trying to find where somebody might have hidden something. Um, so yeah, I think it's, I think it's definitely a way to go with it. And also as well, I don't mean to know this, but uh, LEDs don't fail. It's the drivers that fail. You know, a, a driver will fail on average eight times before the actual LED element does. So, so in that respect, you know, maintenance-wise, you have to start going trying to find the LED driver somewhere, which is probably the custom whatever Scooby Doo where it is, because you know the electricians put it somewhere. Hopefully, you know where the cupboard is where it's hidden. Probably, probably under the stairs in somewhere really awkward. Correct. Yeah. Hopefully. That
so that so that you know residential wise then that's that, that's that's a, a great benefit but also commercially wise you know well leds are like you know 30 meters in the air uh, that's a huge benefit because the operational costs, the opex costs, uh, don't aren't looked at when they're building the building. It's that they they look people don't care about the the operational costs. But um, but now what we're selling at that is that you know there's a huge saving on maintenance costs now because all the drivers are now all centrally and they don't necessarily fail. They don't, don't fail as much because now they're not getting over they're not getting overheated. They're not wrapped in insulation in the in the floor, so they're actually in a in a, in a cool environment. So that one, they don't fail, and two, if they do, you can get to them. So quite exciting times in lighting, Mark. How how is your business faring in in that space at the moment? Yeah, really, really brilliant, great. You know, you know, it's uh, we're on a big journey. Um, we're, as I say, we're, we're educating. Um, it's all about educational. Uh, educating our clients and people who work within the industry, you know, work with architects and two designers. Um, so there isn't a, a day or a week goes by where we, you know, we're, we're telling someone that they have something that they have, you know, they've not known before. Um, and there's a huge amount of opportunity that out there for us, for us integrators. Um, yes, yeah, very exciting times. And do you think architects and interior designers are, are receptive to lighting conversations now, perhaps in ways they weren't before? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We're doing, yeah, we're doing CPD training and uh, there isn't, I don't think there's anyone that actually isn't, isn't actually enlightened. Pardon the pun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. What about, what do you think, Hugo? Do you think, do you think now the time is right to have these conversations more if you're an integration firm? Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, um, Mark's saying about doing the CPD stuff with Cedia, uh, that's how I got a whole load of work in the past with architects was getting them on board with the services that we could offer. So educating them about the kind of services that you can offer with the lighting side of things and making them aware of how you can help make their fantastic houses even more fantastic by bringing them to, to life with light. It's for me, for me, it's an absolute no brainer. Um, and the more we talk about it, the more people become aware of it. And the more that people become aware of it, there's more chance of somebody actually coming and saying, hey, I've heard about human-centric lighting. Because at the moment, I'd wager that most of the human-centric lighting that is out there is sold to people and not bought. Yeah, well, it's about creating more opportunities, isn't it? You know, more revenue opportunities. You know, you're not just we're doing the same old thing. Um, you know, you, you never stop learning. As my business coach always says to me, you, should, you always continue to learn. You can't grow without learning. Um, if you want to stick doing the same old thing, then carry on. You'll you'll, you'll always get what you've always got. Um, but um, no, it just opens up more doors. As I've said already, you know, if you start talking about lighting, you 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 are now on a different league when it comes to the client as far as on the on the project. And um, you, you know, it's all about you know getting more opportunities so yeah definitely yeah and so i'm going to ask this question but i can kind of guess your answers the advice for integrators looking to provide human-centric lighting i bet one of you is going to say cpds get get trained and start talking cpds aren't you hugo do you want to go first yeah well i'm, I'm probably a bit biased having been quite heavily involved with cedia for quite some time now um so yeah i mean i i'm the chair of the technical education working group and sit on the professional development advisory council for CEDA at the moment so 
I'm always going to say get trained up and train other people, you know, pass that knowledge on, um, get interior designers and architects excited about doing lighting well and human centric lighting and it's going to benefit your business i mean sure you you know my experience of it was it's not a golden bullet you do have to put some legwork in you can't expect that every architect that you're going to talk to is excited about it or cares about it because some of the architects that i've spoken to definitely don't care about much of them making their houses look pretty and find it pretty inconvenient when their clients actually move in and clutter it up with all their possessions um but you know the more conversations you have with people, the more that people are going to understand that it's even possible. Your go, Mark. What do you think? Uh, well, well, no, just no, just um, just 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 push yourself. You know, it's it's um, it's it's a great thing to get into, really. You know, it's uh... and I'd, and if you have the opportunity for sure to put some of this stuff in at home and and play with it yourself at home and make that your first little project that you're going to do is deploy some of this at home to understand the pitfalls and the foibles and how it's going to integrate and don't go steaming into the world's biggest job um until you've till you've learned and taken those baby steps and learn learn like it sounds like you have mark of you know every time you do a job you learn something else and something that you'd improve in in the next next job that you take on well thanks both for your time today it's been illuminating and thank you so much for, for casting a light upon human-centric lighting. And I, I, I think, you know, we're, it's early days, but, but making it part of the conversation, I think it is important because of the doors it opens elsewhere. It may not necessarily end up with somebody buying a circadian rhythm-tuned system, um, but if you get them thinking like that, that's got to be a good thing. Thank you, Mark and Hugo. A fascinating discussion and some great advice in there for listeners. If you enjoyed the show, then please give us a review on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Instagram at Integrated HomePod, Twitter at IntHomePod, and Facebook and LinkedIn at the Integrated Home Podcast. The Integrated Home is brought to you with the support of AWE, Sony, and distributed by Meridian. We are a Wildwood production. The Integrated Home supports Together for Cinema. Together for Cinema is an AV industry movement that designs and installs cinema rooms in children's hospices across the UK. In these special places, children, their families, staff and volunteers are now enjoying fantastic movie experiences together. We want to build more rooms in more hospices for more children. To do that, we need your help. Visit togetherforcinema.co.uk and find out how you can be involved to help make short lives that little bit better.